1: Everybody. It's September 1st, and it's KT here. And I bet you all want to know how Susie's recovering. Well, guess what? I'm She's doing great. Here. She's here. And we're going to sing for you. See, See you, you in
0: September. September. Didn't we right. do that last September? We
1: we always do that. That's like my favorite song of all time. So that was an easy surgery, everybody.
0: So Susie's, I'm still just a little sore. Susie's but-
1: like a trooper, but I have to let her not overdo it. So I'm keeping this podcast a little bit short. I hope she doesn't go on and on and on because I want her to rest. But we want to thank everyone at Cleveland Clinic for doing such a fabulous job. What a great group of people. So uneventful. I can't begin to tell you. Yeah. So here we go. Our first question is from Vi. I have put money in a CD account for my kids, Susie. The rate is 2.10% for 24 months. The penalty to withdraw right now is about $16. Should I withdraw the money and put it into I-bonds?
0: Hmm. So here's the scoop, girlfriend. If you don't need this money for at least five years or longer, I would absolutely take a $16 penalty right now and switch to the I-bonds for the kids. You can open one up as a minor account for them. You can do that in your own treasurydirect.gov account because I think that the interest rate is going to be pretty good for the next few years. All right. right. However, if you need the money... (laughs) (laughs) sooner than that. I would leave it where it is right now.
1: This is next question, Susie, is from Georgiana. What a pretty name, Georgiana. Dear Susie, I'm divorced. I'm a single parent with full custody of my teenage daughter. I currently have a term life insurance policy for $200,000 that I opened in 2017 with my daughter as the sole beneficiary. Now, I don't want you to get riled up because you're in recovery, Susie, but ready? I no longer work. I'm on a fixed income due to a non-curable, non-terminal health condition. Recently, the insurance company called to talk me into converting into a whole life policy for $75,000. My premium would increase, ready, from thirty. dollars Dollars to $132 a month. I've listened to your podcast and only recall you speaking about term life insurance. What is your opinion of whole life for someone in my situation? I know you should see her
0: face. I'm supposed to keep her calm. But but here's what upsets me, Georgiana. You say you listened to the podcast. How can you have listened to this podcast? And not had listened to all of these podcasts and know how much I seriously hate whole life insurance. What gives this away is in your email, you say that they called you. They went and talked to you to talk you into converting into a whole life insurance policy. Now, why do you think that they would do that? Why? it's not like you went looking for something, they came to you saying, I know this is what you should do and on and on and on. I think if you are still insurable, and I'm not sure you are, because you say that you're not working, you're on a fixed income, because you don't, you have something that can't be cured, even though it's not going to really kill you. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you're insurable or not. I also don't know how old your daughter is. But a term life insurance policy, and I also don't know how long the life insurance policy is good for, right? So I get that she's a teenager, but is she 17? Or is she 13? 13. Mm -hmm. Right? Because really, a child only needs life insurance usually up until the age of about 23, 23. 25 to when they could be on their own. What good is $75,000 going to do for her? Right? If you die versus $200,000. So no, I would not be doing this. If anything, what I would be doing is to see, unless you have a 20-year level term policy, which would bring you to 2037, when your daughter would be old enough I would see if I could extend my term of the policy that I already have, but I would not be doing a whole life policy. And listen, all you need to do is go on the Women in Money community app. And on the wall there, you'll see you can search past podcasts. Just put in the words whole life. And oh, you'll see... <laughs> You'll see quite a few podcasts you'll, you'll come up. Them. All right, you'll hear that. Just them. know, I hate in most circumstances whole, whole life. life insurance. And one last thing, you're on a fixed income. All right, calm down, calm. She's down. on a fixed income. Calm down, KT, you calm down. But a hundred dollars more a month is twelve hundred dollars more know. a year. Oh, that's crazy over thirty or forty years. That could be hundreds of thousands of dollars. The broker's
1: making money, not you. Go on. All right.
0: Broker's making you This broker. Is, this is from
1: Debbie. This is another concern, mom. We have lots of concerned mommies here. The last and
0: podcast was all about dads.
1: I know. Well, listen to this. Hi, Susie and KT. My daughter opened a VTI with Vanguard. Are they a discount broker? This is actually kind of sweet. You suggested Fidelity and TD Ameritrade on Thursday's podcast, but not Vanguard. Should she transfer her money to one of those mentioned? She's only 42 and has years before retirement.
0: There's absolutely nothing wrong with Vanguard. I love Vanguard funds, I love Vanguard brokerage firm, the whole thing. However, the reason that I normally don't say anything about them, but I tout their fund all over the place, is because. As far as I know, as of last month, Vanguard doesn't offer slices of stock. And I like Fidelity and Schwab. When you can buy a slice, you want to buy maybe a slice of Tesla. You like Tesla, but you don't have hundreds of dollars a share, right? To do that, you know, to buy one share. So you could buy $10 worth of Tesla. You can't do that at Vanguard. However, you can't do that at TD Ameritrade either. So I don't know why I don't recommend Vanguard. I'll have to maybe add them to my list. But my true two favorites are Fidelity and Schwab, just so you know. All right.
1: All right. This is another grandparent. Our grandson is turning one in September. This is from Kathy. What would be the best gift for his future? should we start a series iPod? We were thinking of starting with $1,000 and giving a monetary gift each year
0: rather than toys. You're all for that, Susie. <laughs> you know, I am for that. But at one year of age, it's also kind of the perfect time to start a 529 plan. Because over the next 17 years, maybe you want this money for him or her to go to college, that money will probably grow more in a 529 plan than in a series I bond. Because as interest rates come down here in the future, three years from now, four years from now, I bonds might only be paying 2%, 1%, 3%. So then you would be better off in a 529 plan. So it's difficult to know, but you might want to do $500 right now in a Series I bond, $500 in a 529 529 plan, or do only this year in a Series I bond, maybe next year, and then start doing that $1,000 a year in 529 plans. And as interest rates come down, maybe you can then take the money out and put it all into a 529 plan.
1: I have a question. What? What
0: if he doesn't want to go to college? Well, if he doesn't want to go to college, then obviously any money that they put into a 529 plan, they can take out what they put in, but anything that that money earned, they'll have to pay taxes on it plus a 10% penalty. Okay. Right. But it just depends. Right. Mm -hmm. You never know. You never know. You never know what the future. Was that clear? Was that answer clear? Yeah, it
1: was good. It was a diversified answer.
0: (laughs) You're just being sweet to me today. How's that
1: for a description? This is from Michelle. My partner and I have been together for 27 years. We're registered domestic partners, but not married. Should we set up individual trust or just have one joint trust?
0: No, set up individual trusts. Right? Usually, a joint trust is for people who married. are married, a marital trust, but absolutely set up individual joint trusts.
1: Next is from Kathy Mack. <laughs> Hello. Should I purchase a warranty for this one's a great one. Mm. I forgot this one I picked because it pertains to you and me. Should I purchase a warranty for a used vehicle? It costs over 2K for five years. My vehicle is a 2013 Avalon with 54,000 miles. It covers all electronics, AC, et cetera. Thank you. This is from Kathy. Now, we don't. you and I have a car that's 10 years old, but it's not used, but we don't have
0: a warranty anymore. And you know what? Let's tell the story about Kevin. Yeah. So here's the thing that I've learned about cars and boats. It's (laughs) no, seriously, especially boats. It's almost as if every part that they put in a boat, an electronic part, absolutely breaks three years to the date of when they put it in. So the battery goes in three years, the pumps go in three years. Everything goes in three years. I've never seen anything like it. Now, we love our car. We have had it now over 10 years, Katie. Yeah,
1: and about the same mileage, right? like we, 55,000 miles. Yeah, we have miles. about
0: 50,000 miles on it. But things have started to break on it. And every time we take it in, it's like 2,000 here, 3,000 there. KT keeps saying to me, why don't we just get a new car? Because I rather spend two or $3,000 or $4,000 once a year, than get a new car. That's a whole lot more money. But we should get a warranty. But wait, but our driver, Kevin, was talking to us that he and his husband have uh, both similar cars. And they decided to buy a warranty on it because it's a little bit older. Sure enough, the month after they bought the warranty, their car broke down. It would have been $4,700 to fix it. And the warranty absolutely saved them. So the answer to this question for you, Kathy, is if you are going to keep this car, you're going to keep it for another five or 10 years, And you know exactly what the warranty covers. I have to tell you, I would fork out the Uh $2,000 for it. Because over the next five years, don't be surprised to see many things start to break.
1: And it's only 54,000 miles. That's the benefit. That's
0: why she wants to keep it. Well, we don't know if she, she didn't say she wanted to keep it. But if you're going to keep it, like we have no intention on any level of selling our car. You know, I'm fine keeping in another 10 years. So if you're going to keep your car, get a warranty. And maybe KT, we need to look into that.
1: Yeah, I'm going to do that. It says this next one is from James. Dear Susie and KT, I absolutely
0: love you. Wait, what
1: was that?
0: Dear Susie and
1: KT? Because that's how he wrote it. He writes, Dear Susie, and then in in parentheses, he goes, NKT. So, so what she's doing here, everybody, she's I'm like going, sounding it out. She's
0: sounding it out. She's like dancing. And I'm like, what this made is, her dance? Okay,
1: James, I love that you included me. Dear Susie, NKT.
0: NKT. Hi,
1: Susie. I absolutely love your Women & Money podcast. I'm currently a 34-year-old. I have two traditional non-Roth 401Ks one from a former employer with around 80,000 in it, the other with my current employer with 3,000 in it. Both are through Fidelity. I also have a traditional TSP 401 uh, with 12,000 in it saved from this period of active duty. Should I move everything to my current employer and does it matter when I do it? Will the market be up, down, so on and so forth? Thanks, Susie and
0: KT. And KT. So James, you absolutely, if you wanted to have everything in one place, you could actually transfer everything to your current employer. But you would only do that if and only if the investments within the retirement plan at your current employers are investments that you like. They give you the diversity that you want. Or better yet, do you take all of that money and do an IRA rollover with it in one place where you have all the diversity in the world? You could buy slices of stock. You could buy anything that you want. You could convert little by little to a Roth IRA. So my preference always is if you have a lot of retirement accounts all over the place rather than you know putting them all into your employer your current employer's 401k or retirement plan that's limited why not do an IRA rollover all in one place have them there you're diversified you can dollar cost average you can convert when you want to to a Roth and do it that way
1: Susie this next question is from May. And I was very reluctant to include this in the lineup simply because it might open a can of worms. But because I didn't understand what this was about, I thought might as well educate everyone. Hi, Susie and KT. I know you don't like universal life insurance.
0: That is putting it mildly girlfriend.
1: (laughs) But my question is, what are your thoughts about investing In 7702 Indexed Uh. Universal Life, that's why I picked this because I have no idea what she's talking about, as a way to diversify your investments and also avoid paying income taxes in the future when you withdraw your money. So I have no idea, everybody, what a 7702 is, and I thought that Susie could enlighten us. All right. Oh, God.
0: So- We all have to be on our toes as time goes on because advisors or salespeople, truthfully, more than advisors, will always figure out a new way to present an old idea, getting you to think that it's a really great thing to do. The 7702 is simply an IRS tax code and it came about a while ago that's that's about cash value life insurance policies, and that the cash value had to be higher and it's just it's complicated, but no matter what it's not something that I want you to do. the only reason that you can avoid paying income taxes in the future on one of these universal life insurance policies or indexed policies or 7702 policies is because when you go to take money out, you take money out as a loan and loans are not taxable according to the IRS. Now, maybe they charge you an interest rate on the loan, maybe they credit you the same interest rate, but it's a loan. And sometimes these policies can backfire on you as the mortality charges increase and blah, 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 blah. The other thing is that it's just something that you don't want to do. So, can we just get this straight? So, all of you can stop writing in. I am never going to tell you that a universal life, a variable life, or a whole life insurance policy in 99.9% of the cases is something that I want you to do. I'm just not going to do that. So there you go. And I don't care what the name of it is. There you
1: go, everybody. Now we all understand. Stay and steer clear. See, it was the numbers. I was wondering, what the heck is that about? So Susie, we come to the end of this podcast. We're cutting it a little short, everybody. She has to rest. But you said you had a quizzy for me that was a little bit different, a conversation quizzy. I do. A point of view quizzy.
0: I wanted to do a little bit different of a quizzy today. I didn't want to do a yes, no answer type thing or right or wrong. I got an email from somebody that really touched my heart.
1: Oh, sweet. Yeah.
0: Now, you need to know, I personally responded to this person, mm-hmm. so they already have their answer from me. Mm. But I'm always so curious as to how you would answer something like this. This is a thought-provoking quiz. It's a thought-provoking quiz. Okay, everybody. And hopefully, it's a, it's a learning quiz for everybody listening as to what I look for when I read an email. Okay, right. Let's go for it. Hello, Susie and KT. I am 28 years of age. My significant other is 40. He was previously married, and he has about $100,000 debt he incurred. I have no debt. He is planning to marry me by next year. How do I protect myself from that debt? A little background on me. I earned my bachelor's and master's degree in nursing with no debt, thanks to the military. I start my doctorate in nursing in September this month with no debt. I paid off my car. I also have a TSP, that's a retirement plan, everybody, through the military, a Roth 401k and a personal Roth IRA. I have a savings account at Alliant Credit Union, thanks to you, I started investing since I was 20 and I made it my mission to not incur debt. I want to buy a condo, but I want to save up so I can at least put 25% down in maybe a few years when the market cools off a bit. I am worried and afraid to marry someone with that much debt. Thank you for everything you do and stay safe and healthy. So, KT. Hmm. And everybody, we have a twenty eight year old here,
1: very accomplished,
0: 20, very accomplished very, very accomplished year old. and responsible Yes whose significant other is forty. And mm-hmm. um, also, I didn't read it, but the the significant other also has a child from a previous marriage mm-hmm. and has a hundred thousand dollars in debt. What should she do? How does she protect herself?
1: Can I just tell you for me? the key buzzword, there's only one word in there that makes this answer very easy for me, Susie. And you know what that word is? Afraid. Yeah. Who the heck talks about marriage, the person they're in love with, the one you're supposed to want to spend the rest of your life with and be afraid. It doesn't work. It's oil and water. It does not work. Here's what I say. 28 years old, you're about to start and focus on attaining a master's in nursing this month. You don't have time to be afraid. A doctorate, Katie. Oh, a, a doctorate. doctorate. Oh, my God. 28 years old. You do not have time, my friend, to be afraid and to be worried about getting married next year to someone that is already, you know, giving the Social signals. So she should move on. Absolutely. I I wouldn't even say wait till he gets out of debt, or I wouldn't even go there. I would say this is not the right person for you.
0: All right. So in my opinion, there's no right or wrong to this answer. So you don't get a or a ding, ding, ding. But here's... But I want her to get a ding, ding, ding. And personally, Susie. Yeah. 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 So here's what keyed me off. All right. So why I would not be doing this if I were you. I would not be getting married to him. And I'd be thinking twice about this relationship. It's not because he has $100,000 of debt. Mm -hmm. That's not it. There are a lot of people who have a lot of debt. But are they trying to get out on their own? Are they showing you that they're responsible? What else are they doing? What I didn't like about this email was this one line, KT, Mm. that said, he is planning to marry me by next year. She (laughs) did not say, "We we are planning to get married next year. This rings, and don't get upset with me, but this rings As a somewhat abusive relationship, I have to say already. Mm -hmm. The age difference, not that that means it's abusive, but he is planning to marry me by next year. Mm -mm -mm. I don't like that. I wanted you to say in this email, I'm hoping that he gets to marry me, or we are planning it. You tell me all about your life and everything that you have accomplished. And you say, "I want to buy a condo." You do not say, "We want to buy a condo." You say, "I want to save up so I can at least put twenty five percent down." You do not she say, never we. The "We." There word. is not one place in this email that uses the word "we." Nowhere. Mm-hmm. That.
1: That's a good. That's a really good signal. That
0: seriously concerns me.
1: Red flag. Red
0: flag. So now all of you need to know, and I keep telling you this, that at times I do answer you back. And I wrote her back. And I told her really that if she were my daughter. Mm, sweet Susie. Right? That I would tell her, don't you dare marry this man, <laughs> right? That I would move on so fast it's not even funny. I told her that she's 28 years of age, off to a great start, so don't screw it up now. What was so sweet is she wrote me back and she said, thank you so much, Susie Mom. I will take your advice. Thanks for everything that you do. Mm -hmm. Good for her. So I'm a Susie Mom now.
1: Yes, Susie Mom. Right.
0: But here's why I wanted to do this quizzy. When you have a friend or anybody who's speaking to you About a relationship that they're in. Listen very closely to the words that they use. Do the words fear, shame, or anger pop up? Do they only use the word I? Does we appear in the conversation or not? And it will really give you the clues that you need to help a friend or somebody who comes to you in a situation like this. Now, before we end this, KT, I want to say something to you. Uh, Right. I want to say thank you.
1: Oh, Susie.
0: I want to say thank you for how many times you've had to take care of me over the years that we've known each other. My very first serious operation that I had when I was in Sloan Kettering in 2002 was one year after KT and I met. And that was a serious operation. I've had so many since then. And KT has been through it. And I saw it as they took me in for a simple operation like a gallbladder. But I saw that look in your face again. Mm -hmm. And you've had to take care of me so many times. And I just want to say thank you. You're most welcome. But guess what? We are in it together. I know. But I just want you all to know I appreciate her more than you have any idea. And it's been so very, very hard on her.
1: Oh, no, it hasn't. I know. But
0: anyway, so with that, not that I meant to cry there, but we only really want one thing for all of you, and that's for you to all be smart, strong, (laughs) safe, and... Secure. And healthy. All right. We love you you all. Love you, Susie. Love you, KT. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.